You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful. Good afternoon, welcome. Assalamu alaikum. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all from Thursday afternoon drive time show with myself, Kayyum, and joining me today, Brother Salman. Good afternoon. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be on you, brother. Alaikum salam. How are you doing today? Um, praise God, all good. Um, it's been, um, what's the word? Uh, it was bizarre, then it went insane, and now it's a mental day. Right. Um, we have no prime minister at the moment. We don't, yes. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know whether to laugh or cry, but uh, um, it's, uh, it's one of those days where one thinks we've had four chancellors in four months. Yeah, we're having a, a chancellor a month, and we've had uh, we will have the fourth prime minister in less than well in three years. We've had this will be our fourth prime minister. I remember we used to make fun of Pakistan of, of having so many. We prime used ministers. to make fun of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we used to make fun of well, of everyone uh, that uh, you know. How many prime ministers do you need in one? And we've had this will this will be it's the it's the shortest term of a prime minister in history of the United Kingdom, forty five wow. days. Wow. But that's not bad, you know. You think about it. She's walking away with a hundred and fifteen thousand pounds a year salary. I was reading about this. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. For forty-five days. Listen, make me prime minister. She, 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 she's you. sorted for life, isn't <laughs> exactly, she? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another show on its own, which will will be, which probably will be airing tomorrow on Friday Drive Time Show. Do tune in from four p.m. where we are going to be talking about what is happening in the House of Commons. But for today, today we've got two interesting topics. Um, until five o'clock, we're going to be talking about microplastics. How much do they harm us? If you want to give us a call, if you want to join in the conversation, um, you can do so on 0208-687-7878 or you can um, join us via our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK or even email us um, via our website, which is www.voiceofislam.co.uk. From five onwards, we're going to be talking about values. And what is important to you, we're going to be talking about World Values Day. But coming back to the hour, um, microplastics. So what is microplastics? What is what is this topic all about, Brother Salman? Well, I mean, a very important topic, mm-hmm. but at the same time, maybe not talked about as much, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm, I believe most of our listeners at the moment are like, what's, what's this about? Right? Yeah. I mean, we've got so much more going on. Of course. But this is as important. So life has been uh, contaminated by plastic pollution from north to the south. Um, huge amounts of trash are seen in towns, beaches and oceans, in soils and sediments, tiny fibres and microplastics particles are gathering. So, I mean, we, we all know about this, right? I think this kind of came to light. Was it Blue Planet or some programme which was done by David Attenborough? So mm-hmm, David Attenborough. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think it was about a year or two years yes, ago yes, yes. where they kind of outlined the amount of plastic that is in our oceans and they kind of went under the oceans and there was just millions and millions and tonnes exactly. of plastic. Yep. And if 
one was to think, I mean, in our daily lives, let's look at ourselves, forget about other people, how much plastic we use yeah. as a necessity. As a necessity, exactly. On a daily basis. Yep. It's the it's it's um kind of we've become slave to the system. Yep. Yeah. We don't think um oh this is plastic. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't cross the mind because exactly. second because nature is second it? nature yeah, exactly exactly. So hence, I think uh, you know the, the, you're right in in saying people might be thinking why, um, and I think that the, the short answer would be we're ki- it's actually killing Earth. It is, it is, and I mean so you're right, absolutely. Sometimes we we do want to break those shackles, but then you try think about it, and there is a dead end hmm. because we are. I mean, this is. And this has become such a massive part of our lives hmm. that we would have to change everyone's sort of habits and yes, lifestyle right. just to get rid of something, right? So it, it does become very difficult. But hopefully, we we can give um, some some sort of ideas and suggestions in regards to this today. Most definitely, I think the fact that we're talking about it is a beginning. So as yeah. long as it's a beginning and it's a good beginning. Hmm. Um, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the clothes we wear, and the food we eat are now all contaminated with plastics going back to what we were just discussing exactly that you wouldn't think you know clothes plastic you you normally think nylon cotton you know different types of, of materials you would yeah. list yeah but you wouldn't think plastic plastic exactly. um and you know um breathe the air we breathe plastics yeah. um again it's it's the pollution that gets uh, i suppose in the atmosphere uh, because of plastics because of you know it's 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 crazy so every every day about 8 million pieces of plastic pollution find their way into our oceans. Wow. 8 million a day. Yeah. That's just mad. And 12 million tonnes of plastic are poured into the ocean every year. You 12 see, million pounds. 12 million tonnes. Tons, sorry. Now, you see, the word after that is poured. Yeah. So we're choosing to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. We're choosing to pollute our oceans. Our oceans, yeah. So it's self-inflicted. At the end of the day, yes, it is. But in in you know in in uh, in conversations, debates, discussions, people say, "Well, this is you know God's creation, God's fault. <laughs> um, it's the religion's fault. It's you did this. It's everything is. If God created Earth, God is the one to fix it. Yeah. Yet, it is us as human beings who have used and abused plastic, mm-hmm. and instead of getting rid of it in a correct manner we are just throwing in the ocean forgetting that there is a whole life system yeah that is in the ocean as well exactly there's there's you know the, the sea life yeah is being destroyed whales dolphins sharks fish of million different kinds and mm-hmm. and, and other uh, uh lives and human beings mm-hmm. and, and we're not thinking of those islam teaches us that god almighty has gifted us with life on earth Hence, it's our responsibility to look after it and what's in it and to keep the environment clean. As Allah Almighty in the Holy Quran in chapter 19, verse 64 says, And the true servants of the gracious God are those who walk on the earth humbly. Um, humbleness and, and, and man at the moment in the world we're living in, not, not, uh, not there, is it? At the moment, if one was to be real, it doesn't really work together. These, at the these moment, days. no, it doesn't. It's about me, myself, and I. Exactly. It's exactly. what I can get. It's what makes me comfortable. It's how I can get the upper hand. Yeah, and uh, also the fact that whatever we have, 
we believe is because of our own efforts and mm. uh, it is my doing my plan my effort right there is no such thing as Allah the Almighty I, um, I was going uh, through uh, Ayat al-Kursi yesterday <laughs> and uh, that's the longest verse in the Holy Quran isn't it um, and it says uh, that to him belongs whatever is in the in the heavens and the earth right but sometimes we tend to forget that and we think that no you know it's just probably my own doing hmm. but but I think we will just um, talk about this in more details in a bit um, but let's go to our first guest of the afternoon we have with us the head of campaigns and policy at SAS we have with us Amy Slack good afternoon welcome assalamualaikum and peace Good be on you. Good afternoon, Kim. <laughs> nice, to meet, nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for taking time out and coming on to our show, Amy. Um, Amy, according to your research, what is the root cause um, of plastic pollution? And before you, in fact, say that, what is SAS? <laughs> yeah. Well, some people might know SAS under uh, the, the abbreviation for a slightly different organisation, but we are um, an environmental charity called Surfers Against Sewage. We're based down in Cornwall in the southwest of England. And um, yeah, we're an ocean conservation um, charity who's campaigning for protection of the ocean. So we work across a whole range of issues that's trying to kind of um, protect and restore um, our ocean environment, including plastic pollution, which is what I'm here to talk about today. Um, And your research, the root cause of of, uh, plastic pollution. So yeah, yeah, root cause of plastic pollution. Well, really, it's it's a it's a really systemic issue um, that's linked back to kind of the overproduction of plastic. So we're seeing you know millions and millions of tons of plastic flooding our our um, our environment and our and our markets and our everyday life every day. And so it's really that overproduction and overconsumption of plastic from big multinational corporations that's really causing the problem. Um, that we're facing and, and, and we have systems that can't really cope with that amount of plastic so even if we're trying to be responsible in terms of disposing of our plastic we actually have too much plastic for us to be able to deal with so even if you're putting something in a bin in the street you'll see that often these, those bins are overflowing and we don't actually have the systems to deal to deal with the level of plastic that massive multinational corporations are putting into into our everyday lives in the environment mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, most certainly um now that you explain the the root cause, I think the sort of natural next question should be: What can we do uh, against this, or what is uh, the SAS doing against plastic pollution? Yeah, well, we, we we do loads of stuff. So we we do a lot of work in, in calling out those big big plastic polluters. So the big multinational corporations that are you know filling up the ocean and filling up our everyday lives with plastic. And we're collecting like loads of evidence from from the beachfront um, all the way through to our streets and our environment to really hold those polluters to account for the for the pollution that they're that they're putting in, out into our environment. But we're also working with loads and loads of communities, and that's what people people can do in their everyday lives is 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 look at what they're doing in terms of buying consuming that plastic and how we can rid our everyday lives from that plastic. So we we have over 700 um, communities across the country who are working towards their plastic-free communities, so that's ridding their communities of of this plastic. So saying no to that plastic and making sure that we don't have that entering into our lives, 
We're working with loads and loads of schools, thousands of schools across the country um, to rid their schools of plastic as well, um, to educate our the next generation to take action. Um, and we're really doing a lot on the political side as well. So we're um, taking our message to government and demanding that they act now to, to put in really sound and progressive legislation to end plastic pollution for good. Um, so we're calling for things like a deposit return scheme, which would mean that you essentially um, rent a con- the contents of your drink carton, for example, and then when you return that uh, carton back through the system, you get a deposit back. So it's to make sure that all of that all of that plastic stays within the loop and can be effectively reused and recycled into into a, an effective system. Um, so yeah, we've been really instrumental on kind of driving the bans on single-use plastic, so bans on straws, on cotton, cotton bud sticks, putting in the um, uh, the carrier bag charge as well, which has seen a massive impact in terms of reducing the amount of plastic in the environment. But there's still a long way to go, of course. Um, Amy, while we were while me and Saman were talking earlier, we talked about mm. how we, as people, as governments, as organisations, we choose to pour. 12 million tons of plastic in the ocean. What's yeah, the remedy? I mean, What's pretty... the remedy to that? Because that's not uh, th- that is a cho- that is an active choice we're making in destroying the mm. oceans. So, so what what's what's your take on that? Well, what we can do is we can re- we really need to start thinking really differently about how um, the the models that we have in place. We need to stop, you know, the big multinationals and ourselves and government need to stop thinking about you know, a disposable society and really start thinking about mo- switching switching to models of reuse and refill where we're not actually having to use all of this plastic and we can refill our containers and we can um, we don't have all of that plastic plastic products um, entering entering the environment. So yeah, it's really important that we actually start to think very differently about those about those systems. As individuals we can make really uh, healthy consumer choices about what we buy you know, try not to buy things with plastics but it's ultimately the government and the industries that need to really stop producing this stuff and we can we can make a difference. We are making a difference by holding them to count and, and calling them out on their polluting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about the Million Mile Clean campaign. Yeah, yeah, the Million Mile Clean is a, is a really amazing community of of over a hundred thousand volunteers up and down the country who are um, actively taking um, taking action to to clean up their their environment, so beaches, streets, mountains, all across the country. Um, and we're you know this is about. Um, Going out into the environment, cleaning cleaning the environment, but also making sure that you're out and about and, and for your for your mind and body as well. So obviously we've just had to come out of the pandemic in the, in the last year, and it's about getting back out into the environment and taking action. But the thing is, we can't we can't pick our way out of this problem. It's not just about cleaning up the problem; it's about stopping that pol- that pollution at source. So we're using um, all of the evidence that our amazing network of volunteers are out collecting. Um, to record the brands that we're finding, to record the types of pollution that we're finding out and about, and really using that evidence to take take that evidence from the front, what we say like to say, the front benches to the to the front benches, front front the seashore to the front benches of Parliament, and really making sure that evidence is is listened to and creates change. So it's about getting that that you know getting everyone out and about, cleaning up their environment, but also using those cleans to to hold government and industry to account. Amy, you mentioned the front benches and going to Parliament. Mm. Is there a will? Is there a desire? Is there a political desire to do this? I mean, a lot of lip service, a lot of talking, uh, a lot of different prime ministers. But 
So, so you know. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, have a letter to the prime minister soon. I think. You know, you know, one prime minister might agree, and by the time they want to do something, there might be a new one. So we're going to. Do, but what is there a political desire for this? Is there a political mm. will for this to happen? Well, we've actually this year we've just had a really big, um, big event on plastic pollution. We we've seen 192 countries sign up to a global plastic uh, gl- global treaty global treaty on plastic pollution. Um, and, and the UK is one of those signatories. And so that's a global movement um, to, to drive ambition on plastic pollution. Does, so there is a globe, does global... Does that include and, China and India and all the, the major polluters? There's a lot of major polluters. I can't remember exactly whether China and India have, have signed up, but mm-hmm. 192 is pretty much most of the world. Um, yes, so, is. you know, that is, that is a huge, huge step forward. It's almost like, um, I don't know if you're aware of the Paris Agreement for Climate Change. This is a similar kind of scale for plastic pollution. It's a massive step forward. So now there's a huge drive um, across the world um, and in the UK as well to, to actually um, increase ambition on plastic pollution. And the, the UK government now is starting the process to actually put in place much more um, ambitious instruments around plastic pollution. And we've been doing a lot of work in the background to, to present a kind of model action plan on plastic pollution, um, which we hope will be adopted adopted by the government soon. So, you know, there is ambition. It's, it's, it's difficult, especially in the current political climate, as you point out, um, for, to, to, to see kind of progress. But there is this kind of this real drive um, from, from, from governments across the world and also, you know, from, from people. And people power does make a difference in these in these circumstances and the more we can the more we can pressure government to actually create action the more they will do it they, they have to listen to us as constituent members now you're head of campaigns and policy and and i agree you know we talk about i mean i i mentioned it it is about political desire we talk about big organizations but you also talked about people power mm. um what is the responsibility and and from what we've been talking about for the past 10 minutes it seems mm. um one of the biggest uh, people or one of the biggest uh, culprits is man himself or herself. Um, what is it that an individual can do to make a difference? Because it's all about habitual, it's all about habits. Um, and, you know, me and Brother Saman, we were talking about it, you know, at the beginning of the show that it, we don't even think how much plastic we actually use on a daily basis. And the thought doesn't, in reality, the thought doesn't even cross our mind that, well, hold on, this is a pollutant. So how does one change? What campaigns do you do and what is it that we as individuals can do to maybe start mm. triggering our, our own habits? Mm. Well, I mean, there's some really simple things you can do as an individual. You can really look at, um, you know, looking, like I said before, looking at the ways that you can, you know, refill your container, go to a shop and refill your containers. There's lots and lots of sort of plastic-free shops out there in the communities where you can go and refill you know your tupperware boxes your water bottles your coffee cups etc so you don't actually have to buy those products we also started doing a few years ago um a, a scheme where you know if you're going into a supermarket and you've got excess packaging you can take that packaging off and return it to the supermarket and go this is your waste to deal with so you can do that in a, in a very friendly way of course um, it's your right to do that. Um, and then, you know, the, the other thing, like I said, is, is get out and about and take action. You know, we're, we're getting thousands of data sets through our, our million mile clean, you know, million million miles cleaned in a year. 
And, um, you know, we're, we're holding polluters to account through that data that we're collecting. So, you know, our brand audit, for example, we found that 70% of the pollution that we were finding out in the environment was just from 12 brands. That's what we call them the dirty dozen. Um, and 20% was from Coca-Cola alone. So really looking at kind of the, the things that you're consuming and making sure that you're, you're, you're consuming less plastic, ultimately, looking at those kind of ways that you can refill to, to, to reduce your, your use of plastic, but also taking action through big schemes like our Million Mile Scheme, Million Mile Clean, um, our um, plastic-free communities and plastic-free schools, and using those mechanisms to take action as well. The more, the more collective action we take, the more, the more impact we have. But yeah, in terms of your individual responsibility, then really considering what you're buying when you're buying it and how can you kind of reduce or look at, you know, buying loose loose produce rather than the stuff that's wrapped in plastic at the supermarket or your local shop. Um, and really thinking about how you're, how you're consuming things because consumers do have a lot of power as well. What pollution was recorded across the UK this year? And yeah. what can be done to see these figures drop next year? I mean, again, going back to um, everything that we've talked about, has how much mm. of that has been implemented where... Has it made a difference in statistics? Mm, yeah, well, I think I think in terms of what we're seeing, um, we, we we see a lot of cigarette butts, as you could imagine, like hundreds, hundreds and thousands of cigarette butts. So, and, and they're they're made of plastic. You know, actually, not many people know that, but they do have like microscopic plastics in them, which are which are really harmful for for wildlife. A lot of wildlife think that they're food. Um, so making sure that we dispose of those items properly. Lots of takeaway products, plastic takeaway products and lots of plastic bottles. So it's, it's really important that, we, you know, if we do have those items, that we do dispose of them, them properly and that they, they are fully recycled, but reducing those in the first place. I think in terms of what can be done is, is, is going back to, you know, in terms of how we can reduce that plastic in the future, um, it's going back to like really thinking about um, those different models um, that we can that we can implement to, to create a better and fairer and equal society. So looking at refill, like you know, actual refill models, we're seeing we are seeing um, big industries starting to switch to these kind of models to trial them. So we know that Coca-Cola are looking at refill um, refill points rather than selling things in plastic bottles. We know that there is drive. Um, and that is thanks to kind of the pressure that we're putting on these companies and the government as a, as a society. Unfortunately, the government has been very slow recently um, on, their, on, on things that are very easy to implement, like a deposit return scheme um, to better, you know, um, waste collection systems, to stopping exporting waste. Um, and it's up to us to really kind of drive that ambition forward. So. It has been slow. We have seen a slowing down, but you know, I think that we're 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 picking that up with the with the huge public um, momentum that we've got on plastic pollution um, that's coming particularly from the from the, the global plastics treaty too. My final question, Amy. Uh, sorry, um, is yeah. we, we are a faith based station. Um, mm. A lot of people, um, a lot of people have some kind of faith. They believe in something or the other, and within. The, the Muslim community as Islam, it is it mm. is incumbent upon Muslims to to look after the earth, look after mm. our oceans. Have do any of your campaigns ever use um, faith based teachings to reach out to people? It's a really good question, and I, I guess the answer is 
Not so much, but we very much talk about in a very similar light, um, sort of our connection to to the world and to each other, and our responsibility to to restore it to 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 a, to a beautiful world that we can that we can all enjoy, and our connection to each other in that way. So, you know, we we talk about the ocean and how it connects us all, how it makes us feel sort of calm and free and alive so we don't i don't think it's a very good question and i'm going to i'm going to contemplate that because it's it's a very good idea but we yeah we don't as such but it's for us it's about you know how we connect to the world and how that makes us feel and how it's so important to our well-being you know we live in a very fast-paced stressful world and you know being in the environment whether that's a woodland or the ocean is so integral to making us feel kind of calm and having that sense of you know, sense of well-being and, and, and connection to each other. And I think that's really important. Feel free to get in touch with us. We'll be more than willing to help. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. I will take you up on that. <laughs> Wonderful. Brother Samon. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for being with us, Amy. You have a lovely day ahead. Thank you. Thank you and, and you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Peace be on you. So we were just speaking with um, Amy Slack, who is the head of campaigns and policy at SAS. And uh, they are doing a remarkable job. Um, I mean, just the fact that they realise the problem itself is is immense, but then obviously taking the steps. Um, it's, not, it's not a it's not a small job, is it? Yeah, a massive, massive thing to do. Um, this 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 campaign, the the million Mao clean campaign. Um, I mean, there is hope for humanity, I'd say, right? So so when when we see Always. such campaigns, we we realise that well, there is hope. Uh, there are always going to be people that uh, for their personal gains are going to completely disregard um, humanity and the well-being of not not just the ocean or, 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 or the, 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 the sea life, but, but also uh, human beings. But there is also the other side that are trying to bring out a change and they are dry, trying to do something at least um, to, to make some difference. Most definitely. Um, going back to, I mean, we... Before we were, uh, you know, having a discussion with uh, um, with Amy, we were actually um, talking about what exactly um, are microplastics, and and in addition to what Amy was telling us, um, brother Saman, what what is it that? How do we define microplastics? You see, when we throw plastic into the ocean, right, it then sort of. Um, becomes smaller tiny pieces of plastic from it uh, it's it's a, it's a very slow process where the plastic dissolves and it becomes tiny pieces of microplastic now what is microplastic it's a, a piece that is less than five millimeters in size um, some of microplastics have formed by breaking away from larger plastics that have broken up over time other microplastics have purposefully been made smaller, like the uh, cosmetic microbids used in face scrubs, etc. Uh, many consumer and commercial items, including uh, cosmetics, detergents, paints, medications, nappies, etc., etc., um, include microplastics on purpose. Over time, these tiny particles end up flooding into our environment, and when these microplastics then come in connection with sea life, with, with the fish, right, um, they then also obviously cause the damage mm. which we want to avoid, which we should be avoiding essentially. So that is basically sort of a summary of what microplastic is. So plastics um, as pollutants, um, mm. they have 
you know, as we discussed in our daily lives, they have a lot of uses. They make it most useful and, and durable synthetic material available. Mm-hmm. Um, as Amy told us, um, bags, milk bottles, agriculture, transportation, plastic is everywhere. It is, I mean, brother, me and Brother Sman, we were talking earlier about how it's so convenient mm-hmm. to use. Yeah. Um, and it because of the convenience, we don't think too much into it. But it's possible that we haven't yet realized the consequences of the artificial monster we have built. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most certainly. In the Holy Quran, it says, There is not an animal that crawls in the earth, nor a bird that flies on its two wings, but they are communities like you. We have left out nothing in the book. Then to their Lord shall they be gathered together. This is from chapter 6, verse 39. Um, we should treat the animals on earth and with love and compassion, which goes to show that we need to protect what is on earth. Um, while we're talking about the Holy Quran, there's a, there is a correction I want to make, a mistake I made when Brother Soman talked about Aytul Kursi, which is the, the throne verse. Yeah. And I, I said that it is the longest um, verse in the Holy Quran. That's actually not correct. So I just wanted to 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 kind of correct that error on my part. Um, um, it is not true. It is not um, the longest verse in the Holy Quran, um, and uh, uh, it is something that needed to be done. Um, so who's responsible for for plastic pollution? Look, the simple answer is who invented plastics? It was human beings. True, right? But human beings will have to also solve the problems. That, that we have caused essentially there are three parties that bear this res- responsibility governments that can make and enforce rules companies that pr- uh, produce or use plastics and obviously us the consumers each party has its sort of own responsibility um, but instead of tackling the plastic issue together everyone tends to point fingers mm. at one another which is something we commonly do in, right. in, at, at every given issue right true no matter how well-educated consumers are and how many garbage bins are put uh, in public spaces, there are always plastic uh, polluters, indifferent people that keep on throwing plastic in the streets. Therefore, uh, much plastic waste could be prevented by making producers responsible uh, for the wastage of their products. In other words, they remain uh, the owners of the plastic they sold and must also accept it back after use. I think that, that that reminds me of, of something um, that is very common in, in Germany, um, that you, 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 you pay a, a little extra. When oh, okay. So it's like a, a levy you have to pay on exactly. top. Exactly. So, so, so when you buy the, those bottles, you, you pay those, I think, 15 or 25 cents extra. Okay. And then you can just simply go back to the, the, to, to the shop and return those bottles and they would give you your, your money back. It's, it's funny you mentioned that, that. I remember in, even in India and Pakistan, when you take bottles and you can take the bottle back mm-hmm. where you bought it from and they give you money yep. in, in cents yeah yeah um so they can kind of dispose of it in a responsible manner mm-hmm. and of course because um it is it, it is the responsible thing to do but if, if in third world countries these systems are there it's rather strange that a country like united kingdom supposed to be the sixth largest economy in the world yeah yet uh, and you've already mentioned that in Europe, in Germany, these systems are already in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's strange that we don't have such systems in this country. Yeah. Um, and I always tend to find that maybe, again, it's, it's, it's a personal perspective that 
we seem to be behind yes from europe mm-hmm. when it comes to climate change when it comes to pollution when it comes to solutions yeah yeah um and even public responsibility and and awareness yeah europeans tend to be more i don't know they feel more responsible mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or maybe i'm being unfair to uk but again born and bred here all my life it, you know when i talk to family friends who come from europe they seem to be more aware they seem to have a more of a a concern responsibility yeah, yeah they, they're more concerned that yeah. hold on yeah. Yeah. we should do this we exactly. shouldn't do this exactly Um, okay. And and uh, you know I think awareness is 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 something that that is not spoken about. I mean, we we don't speak about these things enough. If if we just look at how our streets look here in London, I mean, hmm. you were someone that was born and bred here. Hmm. I'm someone that's born and bred in in in, in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as we cross the channel, yeah, oh, different world. There's massive change. Yes, right, without a doubt. And and then you keep driving, you you you, you go into towards France, you go to Switzerland, there's Germany, there's Italy, there's hmm. Spain. Why are all those countries so much cleaner than we are over here? Without a shadow of a doubt, I won't right. deny that. Yes, you are. You're absolutely right when you say that. That we we seem to be behind Europe somehow, because I think in Europe it's something that is the awareness is not a one-off. It is there within your education system. Is there within the culture? Yeah, yeah. It's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Children, when they are brought up in the system, they see the Uh, you know the separation of of plastics from the from your boxes to your you know which is what we see now here yeah, yeah. but here it's people still haven't gotten used to it they still get really flustered with all the different number of bins exactly uh, b- because there is no place to place to put those bins yeah. yeah whereas in europe it's part and parcel of a when you build a building structure mm-hmm. you make space you make provision for such um exactly. um um bins that are going to be used for yeah. different disposals yeah um and yeah i i think definitely um awareness is something that needs to be um more more spoken about and 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 it is our responsibility his holiness hazrat mirza masur ahmed the, the fifth caliph of the promised messiah may allah strengthen his hand um, you know he has spoken about this so many times when he talks about our responsibility towards the next generation mm-hmm. um so it is that we need to leave a better world for them yep. than what we had absolutely and part and parcel of that better world is to prepare them isn't it exactly. is to talk about these things now it's 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 funny you know when you sometimes look at people we want to make sure that our future generations have enough money yes we want to make sure that we that we leave behind uh, enough uh, finances properties etc etc but then we we are not making sure that we leave behind a a good i mean atmosphere for for them to live an in an environment a good environment for right? them to live in yes 100% we, correct we are intentionally or maybe unintentionally polluting selfishly selfishly exactly yes. we we are polluting our own air mm-hmm. which eventually our children and then their children are going to be breathing it so why are we looking at one perspective of life but completely um disregarding what's probably much more important than any finances and properties i think you make such a fantastic point I, and i think it it it's it's so relevant that everything that we do worry about is actually insignificant mm-hmm. because with all the wealth in the world you're not going to be able to enjoy that wealth and that security financial security inverted commas 
if you don't have the environment to to spend it in. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, environment needs to be given that much more precedence and that much more um um that that, that much more importance. Um let's go to we we had the opportunity to interview um Ben Jack and uh, let's go and listen to um what he said um, on on this particular topic. Okay, hi. Um so let's kick off with the first question. Um, we were shocked to actually find out that pieces of plastic have now fa been found in the human body. Can you tell us a bit about, more about this groundbreaking research? Yeah, of course. Um, well, I guess firstly, I'm sure that many of your listeners will already be concerned about the overall impact that plastic pollution is having on our planet. Mm -hmm. And we produce an astonishing amount of this material about 220 million tons of plastic waste every year and we've obviously found that plastic pollution from the highest mountain to the deepest sea trench. But it's not actually just that plastic waste that you might see on the street or at the beach that we need to worry about. The plastic can break down into tiny pieces that are known as micro and nanoplastics. And at Common Seas we, came, we became very concerned that these tiny fragments could be getting into our bodies. So we commissioned research back in 2018 to develop the first ever methodology for detecting tiny fragments of plastic in the human blood. And earlier this year, we published uh, an academic paper that showed for the first time that nearly 80% of people we tested came back positive for plastic. And this, yeah, this, this finally really sent shockwaves around the world. In fact, um, as one of the first people to have their blood tested, it was quite shocking personally to discover that amongst my red and white blood cells there are tiny pieces of plastic and that's why we started a campaign called blood type plastic to alert people to this discovery and and try and get their support to ultimately call for governments and businesses to take action to tackle plastic pollution and accelerate research into you know what are health implications of pieces of plastic in our blood wow like so for me, this this making me think straight away. Like, so first thing that people are going to ask is, should we care? Like, clearly, it's it's in a lot of people. So, is is it something that we need to worry about? Like, how 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 much should we care about that plastic is in our blood, and will it affect our health, or is it just something that just is an idea? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I mean, we all breathe in and, and drink and eat pieces of plastic every day. We're so exposed to it. We use it in all parts of our life. But we don't yet have enough evidence to fully know the risk to our health. But, we, but scientists are worried. And like, to briefly summarize, they're, they're worried for three main reasons. So firstly, the presence of particles in our body that we can't break down is associated with things like an immune response and the hallmarks of cancer, as well as like chronic diseases, including diabetes, cardiovascular and respiratory diseases. Secondly, is it, it's not just about the plastic particles themselves. We add loads and loads of chemicals to plastics to give them the useful qualities we need. In fact, we add over 12,000 chemicals, and many of them are known to be hazardous for human health. So particularly, they can disrupt your endocrine system, so your body's hormones, and that affects everything from growth to sexual function, sleep and behavior. So the question that raises in terms of the risk is, are the particles that are floating around my blood also releasing harmful chemicals? And then finally, um, we know that bacteria can form communities on the surface of these tiny fragments. So for example, the COVID virus can actually survive at least six times longer on a 
tiny piece of plastic in the air than just in the air as an aerosol. So the question that raises is, are there bacteria sort of hitting a lift on these bits of plastic and carrying it into our bodies? So they're the areas of concern, and ultimately we think it's the responsibility of, of governments and plastic producers to tell us whether what the harm is. But certainly, from the evidence that we have, every time we learn something new about plastic in our bodies, it's bad news. And, you know, and commenties aren't alone in this. In fact, over 80 um, leading academics as well as MPs and NGOs are backing the Blood Fight Plastic campaign, and together we published a letter that we sent to the UK government calling for them to act. Wow. And so, you know, I'm thinking, right, so how how does plastic get into the bloodstream then? Um, there are three different pathways for plastic that are going to get into the human body, if you like. So the first thing is around we might eat animals or plants that themselves have absorbed plastic. So, for example, many people might think of eating sort of seafood, but also we now know that plants can actually absorb tiny pieces of plastic from the soil, and that can be present in the edible parts of plants that we eat. The second route in is by... Um, plastic particles that are shed from food and drink packaging. So, for example, your microwave meal might shed um, particles into the food that you eat. And the third route is by actually breathing in plastic particles. And that can come from a range of things, everything from um, textiles and clothing, but also like the abrasion of car tires and things like that. So the tests that we've developed so far allows for the detection of five different common household plastic materials um, but the challenge is that plastics are used in such a huge range of products. So, for example, the plastic we found most commonly is a plastic called PET, and that's used in things like food packaging. So, for example, beverage bottles, soft drinks, juices, that kind of thing. But it's also spun into polyester, so used to make clothes and many of the textiles. Right. And um, so you, you've launched the, the campaign. You've got quite a bit of support as well. But... Um, could you tell us what is it that you, you hope to achieve with blood type plastic um, and how can our listeners get involved? I mean, ultimately, we want to draw the world's attention to this groundbreaking discovery. There are actually tiny pieces of plastic in our blood. And off the back of this, we're then calling for governments and businesses to help us reduce our body's exposure. So that means making ambitious commitments to tackle plastic pollution. It means investing in the systems that reduce the amount of plastic we use and the waste that's generated. Next, we also need to find out more, and we need to find out more about this issue really quickly, because plastic production is on track to double over the next 20 years. So that raises a really important question, like what does that mean for the amount of plastic in our bodies if we start doubling the amount we're making? We think it could pose a significant threat to health, but we need more research to really understand if plastic is making us sick and in what ways. But there's a real challenge because this, um, the research into this issue is, is very new and chronically underfunded. So that's why we're calling on the UK government to establish a £15 million research fund to look at this. And I suppose at a time when money is really tight for lots of people, I guess it's important to point out that this is money from the UK's existing ring fence research fund. So it's not funding that could be available to help families with borrowing energy bills, for example. In fact, it's a commitment of just 0.1% of the UK's total research spend. But we think it could really transform humankind's understanding of what could become a really profound public health challenge. Um, so in terms of how people can help us, there's a website called Blood Type Plastic, and from there you can click through to a petition, and it would be great if 
your listeners would consider joining nearly 90,000 people that are now calling for more research and action to address this issue. In fact, it'd be amazing if we could get to the 100,000 mark and then we can present the petition to Downing Street. Uh, and secondly, on that site, there's also a range of other materials, including um, a, a really great animation that's voiced by Stephen Fry that explains this in a bit more detail. And it'd be really good if people could just take the simple action of watching that and sharing it with as many people as they can to get others engaged. Awesome. Thank you so much for that insightful discussion, Ben. Uh, really appreciate your time and uh, thank you for joining the show. Great. Thank you for having me. Bye. Take care. And that was uh, Ben Jack, who is a program director at Common Seas, um, being interviewed by one of our one of our brothers, um, brother Saman. We are coming up. Uh, we've got ten minutes. Um, I mentioned when I spoke to Amy that looking after our Earth, looking mm. after um, the environment, and in fact, during um, you know during the break, me and you were having this discussion. The, this is looking after the earth is not a choice it's it's part and islam being a way of life mm. this is part and parcel of that teaching of islam and and the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him isn't it that it is incumbent upon us to look after the earth in every which way possible yeah exactly look um w- w- when we look at the life and character of the prophet muhammad may peace and blessings of allah be upon him whenever there was a battle he would guide the the, the islamic army right mm-hmm. and what did he say look don't touch elderly don't touch women don't touch children do not destroy any houses of worship churches synagogues mandirs mosques right mm. And do not kill any animals. Do not uh, take down any trees, right? Agriculture, look after everything because that is what Islam lays emphasis on, right? Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran that there is not an animal that crawls in the earth, not nor a bird that flies on its two wings, but there are communities like you, hmm. right? And he further states, we have left out nothing in the book then to their Lord shall they be gathered together. That's chapter 6, verse 39 of the Holy Quran. So Allah the Almighty is actually explaining to us and give a, giving us an example of human beings that, look, they are as alive as you are. It is your job to look after them. Because this is how the balance has been created in the world, right? If we were to destroy sea life today, that will essentially impact the balance that has been created by our Lord. And obviously it will impact us in return. Right. So it is very, very important. And again, as I said, it is the example of the Prophet that we need to look after every single thing. It is a very, I mean, I mean, look at Islam's most basic teachings, right? When you are walking on the street, if there is something that could cause harm to another person. A banana skin. A, a banana skin, for example, right? Hmm. Remove it. Yep. But how can you in your right mind then just look at millions of tons of, of plastic being poured into the sea and say nothing, mm. right? I mean, this is what 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 Islam and uh, the the Prophet Sallallahu stand for. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, so let's let's quickly um, look at the impact of plastic pollution on us as human beings. So, in fact, we're going to be looking at an impact of something which has been created by man himself, 
So how are we hurting ourselves? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is 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 the is the reality of it? Exactly. That is the question. Um so we are actually killing and and threatening the environment we live in. Mm-hmm. And as brother Saman so rightly said earlier that where we are in fact destroying the environment and not leaving a good place for our children. Yeah. Um you know, it's it, it's so we need to think of it from that point of view because when we do think of our children we look we we think that we want to give them better than we had mm-hmm. now's the time to act on that thought right by looking at how we live our lives mm-hmm. how we are destroying the environment yeah. because as brother samansa rightly said no point having the luxuries and the blessings that you think are relevant today if you don't have the environment to kind of enjoy those that blessings yeah exactly plastics are negatively affecting people the environment at each stage of their life cycle including extraction of fossil fuel production manufacturing uh, recycling and disposal mm-hmm. the impacts are felt in wide range of areas including biodiversity climate change human health human rights i mean human rights let's talk about it yeah. where is it that the western world disposes of most of they ship it yeah. to third world countries exactly because third world countries are paid um huge amounts of money to dispose it for them and they use other countries to do the landfill holiness has his holiness as it mizam suram the fifth caliph of the promised messiah may allah strengthen his and has spoken so many times of yeah. governing with justice how is that just that you are um kind of abusing the land of the poor people because they need money so you make a deal with them that you take our rubbish yeah and you fill your land with it So you so you're effectively destroying their future generations. Exactly. That that that's what it comes down to if one was to kind of call a spade a spade. Yeah. That's what they're doing. I mean, we here in the west claim to be the the sort of the saviors. Saviors, yeah. the messiahs and yeah. we are the ones that look after human rights, right? Yes. Um if the most tiniest of things would ha- was was to happen to someone here on the street, we would jump up our news reporters will 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 i mean bring big flashy news about this That's right. tvs channels everyone is, is going to speak about this there will be videos on instagram and on tiktok and whatnot but then a cruelty of this scale is happening mm. and it keeps happening but we just seem to be blind when when we sort of cross the ocean right mm. um sometimes we 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 tend to lose that 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 sense of responsibility that sense of uh human rights really and everything we claim we stand for turns into it's just lip service lip service and exactly. rhetoric exactly everyday plastic chemicals exposure is linked to health benefits including reproductive health issues children's brain health issues chronic diseases such as obesity diabetes and dermatitis three of the leading causes of death um obesity high blood pressure high blood pressure are associated with plastic exposure the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him said there is none among the muslims who plants a tree or sows a seeds and then a bird or a person or an animal eats from it but it is considered as a charitable charitable gift for him in conclusion allah the almighty has gifted us with this beautiful earth and it's our responsibility to look after it and what's in it his holiness 
Hazrat Mirza Masur Rahmat, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah, may Allah strengthen his hand, said, Where we plant physical, physical trees to beautify and clean the environment and bear fruit, we also plant spiritual trees that yield fruits of love and humanity. Hence, we always seek to treat our neighbors and those around us with compassion and we endeavor to fulfill their rights in every possible way. You've been listening to Drive Time with myself, Kayum, and Brother Saman. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go on to our circuit. We're going to, we're going to go and have some break and listen to the news. And when we come back, we're going to go on to our second topic of the afternoon, which is values. Um, I, suppose, I suppose we can kind of bridge what we've been talking about today mm-hmm. um, in this hour onto the next hour because, you know, ethics, morals, values, everything we've talked about um, today um, there is an absence of ethics, there's an absence of values, there's an absence um, um, of morals, um, which is why um, this world is... And then, of course, um, you know, whether you like it or not, there is an absence of faith and, 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 and belief in God. Um, that's something we will talk about after the 5 o'clock news. Do stay tuned. If you want to give us a call, it's 0208-687-7878. Join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK, or you can email us via our website, www.voiceofislam.co.uk. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Drive Time with myself, Kayum, and Brother Salman. We are on to our second topic of the afternoon, which is values. What's important to you? So what's uh, what's all this about, Brother Brother Salman? What are we what are we talking about for this hour? Well, you see, today we are celebrating World Value Day. So, World Values Day is an annual campaign to increase the awareness and practice of values around the world. Values are increasingly the focus of public debate and discussion, but their role in our lives and their importance for our well-being are not always sort of fully understood. Um, so yeah, that is what we are going to discuss today. Um, in chapter 16 of the Holy Quran, verse 98, Allah the Almighty states, Whoso acts righteously, whether male or female, and is a believer, will surely grant, we will surely grant him a pure life, and we will surely bestow on such the reward according to the best of their works. So this verse, uh, verse shows how important is to act righteous and how a person should have values no matter who that person is um before we go on we have a question on our instagram story what good values are most important to you uh, please join us uh, please do go on to the instagram story and um and give us uh, your answer to what you think is most important to you uh, brother saman we we use this word righteous and values together mm-hmm how would you define, let's say to, to, to our listener, 
who is thinking they always talk about righteous what what is righteous what what do we what do we mean by it because it's a very religious very holy um it's a heavy word mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how would you define that to a layman you see uh, when i think about the, these things right one thing that amazes me the most is that a religion hmm. sounds like a myth yes right it yeah. sounds as you said very heavy, heavy. yeah and it seems like that i would probably have to go through a lot of of worship and trouble myself and, and put hardship. a hardship yeah. and then i probably reach a certain stage yeah. where then i'll be labeled as righteous that's that, right that, that is not true though right the most basic values as we see them today hmm. kindness sympathy um paying your due rights to 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 your family your neighbor right hmm. just just being nice to the other person that already is righteousness hmm. one one beautiful thing that is mentioned by the second caliph as mr bashiruddin mahmud ahmed mela be pleased with him is that when we start reading the holy quran it says about the holy quran in the surah baqarah that hudallil muttaqin that this is guidance for the righteous mm-hmm. right so he said that there is a natural question that follows is that how can you guide someone that's righteous already yes right so this is where god explains to us that righteousness doesn't necessarily mean that you've already reached the highest point of righteousness because no one can actually do that mm. so we are all righteous in our own ways right but we are all also always developing we are also trying to uh, hit a to higher better, target to better ourselves better ourselves exactly right yeah um if i go home tonight and i speak nicely with my wife mm. that is righteousness mm. right i'm in trouble Okay. <laughs> just, joking, just, just joking. Just joking. So many years after marriage. Yeah. Right. Um it's it's the other way around. <laughs> okay. So um you see so this is why for us Islam lays emphasis on, on the most um smallest of acts. It's actually simple, isn't it? It's very very simple. But but we as people, we as worshipers, we as believers in God we make it difficult for ourselves do we not we do we do whereas yeah. believing in god almighty and 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 again my question is everybody is righteous as you so rightly said at a certain degree mm-hmm. but to go to that further step would be righteous to seek the pleasure of god almighty isn't it yes so islam uh, essentially tells you that look wherever you stand mm-hmm. you're never going to be enough yeah there's always i mean look at the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam yeah right um he used to pray so hard and he used to always uh, engage in worship and uh, engage in public service so at this one instance one of his his wife aisha radiyallahu anha she even asked him that i mean why are your prayers still so intense god has already told you he's promised you yeah, paradise he's promised you paradise right yeah and he said that well shouldn't i be thankful to him then right yeah. so there is no sort of um stop to it this will keep going for you the only person that possibly could have claimed co- the i mean eternal sort of righteousness is the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we can never reach him we can never so reach this him. is the message to every muslim that look and what does that mean it, it essentially means that we are going to be improving our society right hmm. there is so many things that we are missing today as we spoke about in our previous in previous, uh, section, yeah. previous hour if we as human beings were to develop ourselves 
in a righteous way, mm. we would be automatically making sure that we have a very beautiful, peaceful and harmonious society, True. which we don't have today. Which we don't have, right? Yes. So what does Islam do? The Promised Messiah, the founder of them, the community, he explains his mission in two steps. And he says, my mission is to, first of all, reconnect human beings with their Lord. Mm. And secondly, make sure that we pay our due rights to our fellow beings. And when he talked about reconnecting human beings to their Lord, because man had forgotten the ethics, the morals, the values that were taught yeah. by the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Yeah. So he can't came to kind of revive that message. Exactly. That, yeah. That that's what it is. That it? that I mean, uh, in in a, in a hadith in a narration of the Prophet it is mentioned that there will be a time that um, all morals and ethics and belief in general will leave the world. Okay. Right. And this is where he mentioned that then there will be someone amongst. Um, the the uh, progeny of mm-hmm. Salman Farsi. I mean, this is a different topic. But what I'm getting to is the fact that this happens every time a prophet has brought a message to the world. People initially believe in him. And then there are those good golden years where, where people are very righteous and they just try to follow that teaching. But eventually, um, that sort of goes away. Or that level of faith and righteousness and acting on, on those teachings is goes lower this is when Allah Ta'ala then sends someone to revive mm-hmm. um, that teaching of the, the teachings of and the Prophet was then sent to do that exactly and that is what righteousness is so World Values Day is held every October on the third month third of uh, third Thursday sorry <coughs> of the month and the objective is to raise awareness of values around the world and to highlight the crucial role of values in the well-being of individuals, families, schools, organizations, and communities. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away. Of course, it's a fantastic celebration to have, to have a day which is dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. But as much as it's a good thing, isn't that the problem in today's society? It is. That we've managed to find a day for everything. Exactly. The day you must respect your mother, love your mother, show her you love her. Yep. The day you respect your father and show him how much you love her, love him. Which, which we don't really exactly. celebrate as much, do we? We don't, exactly. But, but is, aren't these, are these values not supposed to be our way of life? Exactly. It's something that needs to be, un, it's, it should be habitual every day yes. for us. Yes. Yeah. I should be showing how much I love my mother on, every, on a daily basis and my father and, and serving them and respecting them. But sometimes I, 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 again, do correct me if I'm wrong here. Sometimes we say a lot of good things, mm-hmm. but but they we limit them to saying them, but we yeah. don't do them. Yeah, is that is that, would you would you agree with that? Um, let me go and give you one example of of, of, of my school days. Mm-hmm. When when we used to come back from come back from um, winter holidays or mm. Christmas holidays, as as, as mm. they, were, they are referred to. They would ask us, what did you do with the holiday? So we would say, yeah, well, we went someplace here, there, whatever. And then some people would say, well, we visited our grandmother. And that would strike me. And I would be like, this was something I do maybe every other day or yeah. once a week at least. So why is it something special? Hmm. Why do you need a holiday to, to visit your grandma? Hmm. Right? 
I mean, of course, they, they, they might be living far away. That's a different thing. But in general, that, that perception that we have to find certain days or one specific day to, to respect and show love towards our mothers or our father or whoever, right? This doesn't sit right with me. I, I agree. But let's go and, and, and ask uh, our, uh, our, our guest of the afternoon. We have with us Neil Tumalin, who is a member of the UK Values Alliance and the organization that originated and runs World Value Days each year. Good afternoon. Welcome. Assalamualaikum and peace be on you, Neil. Thank you for taking time at coming on to the Drive Time Show. Yeah, I'm very pleased to be able to talk with you this afternoon. Um, Neil, what is World Values Day and what is the purpose of this day and why do we need a day to celebrate values? That's a very good question. It's actually World Values Day today and um, the purpose of it is about raising our awareness about positive values, things like kindness, for example, compassion and integrity. And um, it's been going for about seven or eight years and uh, it seems to grow every year people seem to like the fact that there's a campaign to make us more aware of the things, the positive things that we should be, be, be talking about more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what is the theme for this year's World's Value Day? The theme this year has been exploring all about community. Uh, that could be a community you belong to individually, by virtue of where you live, it could be a school, for example, or it could be your workplace. And it's really trying to throw some focus on understanding the values of the communities you belong to and seeing how you can benefit from a greater understanding of them. Um, Neil, if I may, what, why, did, why was there ever a need or what was felt was missing that of a, a day dedicated to values were needed. I mean, was the was the the reason that kind of people felt lost, or do you think society was broken that such a day would need it, or is that just too heavy to to? Uh, <laughs> well, or, or, or is that too, you, is that too heavy? <laughs> I can tell you today has been a very very happy day. Uh, <laughs> you say happy, I said I didn't know whether I should cry or laugh. <laughs> you can do both. It's been a really happy day because people all around the world have been celebrating what they believe in. Yeah. And uh, I think we give them an opportunity to, to do that. The UK Values Alliance does this every day. It's a tiny organisation that tries to uh, draw awareness to, to positive aspects of the lives we have. But World Values Day really is the, is the big push, if you like, in our agenda to try to uh, to raise awareness. But um, I can't tell you what a happy day it's been. And people have been celebrating, whether it's a school or a business or individuals, because, uh, you know, when you join hands uh, together across the, the, the world, you're, you're trying to celebrate positive things. So what does World Values Day highlight? Um, what what kind of values do they highlight for people and for businesses? Well, I think it's highlighting positive values, uh, like, as I said, kindness and compassion, integrity. But it's also about providing people with some time to consider individually what they actually believe in, what's important 
to them and I guess through a greater understanding of what those things are, then they can make some good decisions, whether they're decisions about their personal life or whether they're decisions about their, their business career. Absolutely. So what events um, are held for World Values Day and how are those funded? Well, the answer is quite a lot. We, we've had a values thon uh, consisting of 45 events. Um, there are still some events going on. And in fact, there's a couple of events that are being held tomorrow. Um, and they're really funded by volunteers. Um, most, I think, all of the content, in fact, is online. And it's practitioners who are just trying to draw attention to specific uh, aspects of values. Because the theme has been community, a lot of it, it has been based around exploring what community means. Um, uh, and every year we have a strong theme like that, but uh, a very, very diverse uh, number of events. But all of them really revolve around getting people to take some time, to create some time to think either about themselves as individual in terms of maybe improving their self-care as individuals or indeed about the importance of values in organizations and how you can get organizations whether that's like an ordinary business or a hospital or a school to try to articulate and better so people get it more right and um now obviously loads of um, events are being held as you mentioned what feedback do you receive from people who then take part in these events? Well, um, the, the World Values Day takes quite a lot of planning. So the character of it, there are loads of opportunities for the people who plan it to get feedback. Obviously, because we, we're very active on social media, we get feedback. But I, but I have to say to you that the vast majority of feedback we get is very positive. I hope it comes across that today has been such a happy day. And how can people find out more about the World or Values Day uh, or any other event that are taking place? Well, the best way to get information about the Values Forum, and as I said, that consisted of 45 events. There are still some events uh, that are going to come in uh, through this evening. Uh, is to go to the website, which is uh, worldvaluesday.com, um, or if you a Twitter user, for example, you can have a look at at valuesday to get the latest information. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, certainly. Um, Neil, thank you very much for joining us. It was lovely speaking with you, and I wish you a lovely day ahead. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the opportunity, and uh, I wish you fantastically positive values going forward. Thank Wonderful. You very much May peace you. be with you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Neil Tomlin, who's a member of the UK Values Alliance, and uh, <clears throat> they are the organization that originated and run the World Values Day each year. Um, clearly, it's being recognized. It's good that it's being recognized, that mm -hmm. there are, that, that, there, that, that clearly there is some, people are feeling that there is something missing, that people need to, um, go to events yeah. where they kind of highlight values. But if I may take it a step back, you know, irrespective of what faith you come from, but religion has been around for 6,000 years. Yeah. Authentic religion 
are then is authentic religion not the originator of ethics values morals yes. and so are we not looking or isn't society looking in the wrong place or or is it not the society's fault but the fault of the people who preach because going back to what you said earlier and it kind of made sense to me when you said being righteous sounds so heavy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that maybe we're saying you just can never reach that point so when we think well if i'm never going to reach it why should i even bother yeah why should i think of my neighbor when nobody's thinking of me mm-hmm. whereas if one was to just tweak a little bit yeah. that narrative can change so powerfully can it not no absolutely you're right there and uh, i think we we are just in a time where we would rather listen to an influencer hmm. instead of listening exactly. to 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 someone again same thing religion seems heavy seems like a myth seems outdated hmm. um seems like going back in time right um when we talk about narrations from the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam which are uh, 1400 1500 years old people usually think well that's from the past and it's not re- relevant today anymore well surprise it is hmm. right it, when I, when i go through hadith the narrations of the prophet they are as relevant today as they were 1500 years ago and that is the beauty of religion that that is the beauty of something that is coming from god directly hmm. right but in this day and age we would rather hear the same things being said from someone who is an influencer someone who has maybe 2 3 4 5 million uh, subscribers on youtube or wherever right that is the problem we have and you are right that those ethics those morals those teachings they are stemming from religion that's right but we are just completely disregarding this fact yeah right but then exactly what you've said the proof is in the final sermon one of the one of the, if if you read one of the small paragraphs in the final sermon on the off the mount of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him he talked about how he talked to the people who were present when he was giving that sermon and he kind of said to them that it is make sure that you pass these words and i'm i'm paraphrasing here that make sure this message goes on to people who are not here mm-hmm, and exactly. you give to them because maybe they will understand it better than you have yeah absolutely so if you were to put that message that one generation gave next generation the sentence within itself means that the message he's giving will be relevant for generations to come till the day of judgment yep exactly which is what we are doing today here yep. aren't we exactly. we're actually uh, you know we're obeying the commandment of the holy prophet may peace and blessings so, of allah be so, upon him absolutely that we are passing on the message saying these ethics these morals these morals and these values that we talk about that again is a way of life it's not complicated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's not let's make religion a topic to talk about in you know two topics people used to say should never talk about it kills a conversation is yeah. politics and religion yeah absolutely. well politics has made the dinner table and the lunch table and it's made the 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 you know that list of of topics to discuss yeah. well let's bring religion back to that table as well because religion is easy it's man who's difficult absolutely You see when when we talk about uh world values day I'm I mean there is a need for this definitely mm. 
but there is a need to keep this going not just once a year no there is a verse of the holy quran where the Allah says fazakir that keep reminding because mm. it is the, those reminders that 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 benefit believers right this is why um for instance look at the current caliph of the community hazrat mirza masrur ahmed mm. may Allah strengthen his hands what does he do every friday we celebrate world values day every friday with him yes we do right we do he tells us how to behave how to um live our lives how to be kind to each other how to be compassionate how to learn from history and how to keep everything relevant in today's day and age so we celebrate this every day and this is something which is need of the time keep reminding ourselves we can't just have this once a year you what you've just said reminded me of the sermon his holiness gave in texas 2 weeks ago when his his holiness talked about yeah it's not okay that you just do you think it's okay that you can do your five times prayers and you do your holy quran and you think you follow the pillars of islam and that's enough yeah no ethics morals values is how you are as a human being how you treat others is going to be as relevant exactly. on the day of judgment absolutely. as everything else absolutely and one can only be a good human being truly if you have ethics morals and values absolutely because Correct. you see someone that has ethics and morals and values he shows that he has a soft heart yes right mm. in my opinion you you can't um necessarily get a soft heart when you speak about god alone it is the compassion towards humanity, humanity that that softens your heart mm. right so someone that sh- that shows compassion towards the other this is why islam says that look you're not a good muslim if if your neighbors are starving right and define the term neighbor i love it because when i say it to friends of mine who are non muslim friends they say what 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 does that mean what what in islam yeah what does neighbor mean neighbor be in in reality means <laughs> really everyone everyone is it <laughs> <laughs> so that, that i mean that, that is the beauty of islam that islam whilst making you a pious person whilst making sure that you pray towards the, the, your lord yeah. is also making sure that you are the best of human beings you That's can it. possibly be yep. right i mean we have examples within islam where if someone that wanted to go for hajj he saved up all his money and wanted to go to hajj He then realized that his neighbor was starving and they didn't have enough food so he spent that money on them and his hajj um, the pilgrimage hajj is the pilgrimage the that pilgrimage, every muslim exactly. makes to mecca so he he got that amount of of blessings from allah the almighty that he would have gotten through actually performing the pilgrimage itself exactly i think if if correct me if i'm wrong exactly what you've said is that year only one person's pilgrimage was accepted Except, by god exactly, almighty exactly. and it was the person who never did the pilgrimage exactly, exactly. <laughs> the beauty of yeah. of 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 the rewards of god almighty that is why islam look the, the the very first hadith narration in in bukhari says that your actions are judged upon your intentions yes i could be offering my five daily prayers and everything else but if i'm not good at heart no point yes Yes, right. So it's 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 not about just performing a ritual. Don't yeah. uh, salat and the praying to God Almighty is not just a, a, a ritual, a custom, or, or a habit. It's it is supposed to be that deep connection, the friendship you create with God Almighty. That's exactly. that kind of link. Yeah, your that that uh, you know you must follow. 
Um, and and you got to and, and you, they say God is closer to you than your jugular. So, you know, it's it, it, it is you cannot fool anyone. God knows what is truly in your heart. And God has very beautifully put that whole thing into a circle, right? Mm. God says, I love my creation more than 70 mothers. Wow. Right? Yeah. So what happens now? Someone that loves my child, mm. someone that's nice and kind to my child, I will automatically have compassion and love towards him. Yes. So if I want to get God's nearness and love, I will have to be compassionate towards his creation. Yep. And that puts us into a circle. Mm. Right, so as I said, it's being righteous doesn't mean that you are. I mean, on your uh, in the mosque for the whole day and you're just praying, 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 praying. Now it doesn't work like like mm. that. You have to give the due rights to everyone: your wife, your children, your parents, your neighbors, everyone within society, and God. Mm. That's what makes you righteous. Wonderful. So let's look at what do values give us. There are different types of values that should matter to us, such as. Personal values, values in an organization, societal values. So, breaking it down from a personal perspective, a sense of clarity, authenticity, empowerment, self-control, choice and self-worth, more meaning of life, a foundation of effectiveness, happiness, fulfillment and success, um, improved personal, emotional, spiritual and physical well-being, a compass for life, guiding decision-making, communication and behavior a compass for life you know what god almighty has has given us so many different tools yeah. so many different ways guiding guidance what well, the holy quran is is the perfect book yeah is the perfect book and communication and behavior and it was the narrations which was the communication of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him and his behavior he was a living embodiment of the holy quran so that is the perfect guidance there from the perfect book exactly to, to you know and and that was a supposed from our perspective that's where the ethics morals and values come from that the holy quran spoke about it but the holy prophet lived it yeah so it's it's about action spoke louder than words yeah. you see um sometimes when, when when we buy something let's just say we just bought a piece of furniture from ikea or wherever right and we're supposed to put it together but we're trying to read the handbook. It just doesn't work out for us. What we do, we just switch on YouTube and look at the video, how That's the guy right. does That's it. That's right. That's right. Yes. What happens here, essentially, and this is what was done for us 1,500 years ago. A mm. book was sent. Mm. When the book was sent, the most perfect of perfectest of men that could have been. Mm. And he lived his life according to the book mm. and showed us how it's done. Mm. And he showed us that being a human being, you can still do that. You can do everything there is. You can be a tradesman and, and, and you can... I give time your family and you, too, you can, can do everything else whilst being a pious person. You know, I love that analogy of, of uh, you know, when you go to buy furniture and, and you read the manual or you go to the YouTube. But it kind of brought to me that in today's society, the problem is that man thinks he knows better than YouTube and better than the manual. And I will do it without instruction. Yeah. And then when he finishes, he realizes that there's four nuts missing. Missing. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's the YouTube's fault and it's the manual's <laughs> fault, but it's not that person's no, fault. Never, never. Where we think we know better, that's where the society's gone wrong, is mm. it not? Mm. We have forgotten that everything we have or what we don't have yeah. is decided by God Almighty. Mm. Faith and God is missing. Mm. We we have value days, we have so many other days, but 
isn't society going through a turmoil where they have they feel the need for these days because God Almighty is 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 something that people don't believe in anymore? Yeah, absolutely. God in this society, mostly I'd say, is mm. non-existent. Yeah. So we have people that obviously um, clearly say that well, we are atheists. We don't believe in a God. Mm. Then we have people that claim to believe in God, but their actions don't show that. Right. And then we obviously have a very sort of tiny number of people that, even in today's day and age, believe in the existence of God. Right? Yep. But what human beings don't realize that many, many of the problems that we are facing today, we didn't actually face maybe 50 years ago hmm. or 60 or 70 years ago. That's right. right. But then you have also have to see what, what was um, sort of the involvement of religion and God at that time. time. Yeah. Right. Weren't people happier back then? Wasn't life much easier back then? Mm. We didn't have half of the problems we have today, right? Yeah. So what what we did as human beings, we took out the existence of God, and we replaced that with ourselves, right? And this is what happens that when mankind tries to act out of their own will, and they they decide for for them that maybe I'm the God now, right? Exactly. I was about to ask that. So. So effectively, we are associating ourselves with God Almighty. Yes, yes. I mean, again, call it spade a spade. Yeah, that is what we are doing. This is what human beings are doing today. You yeah. see, um, well, one thing I I always say. I mean, for, for example, a very very small example is when we decide to do something. For instance, someone that works, right, and he has t he he can potentially. Uh, time to go to the mosque and offer his prayers but he still decides to stay at his work because he thinks that well I, I need to make some money he essentially says well God isn't going to provide me I need to provide for myself hmm. right yeah it's a different story when you just are stuck at work and you can't come to the mosque fair enough right but if you are for instance if, if you're a cab driver for example and, hmm. and you're driving past the mosque and it is it is time for salah for the prayer hmm. But you decide to still go ahead with your work. What mm. you're saying essentially is that, look, I have to provide for myself and my family. It's not going to be him. It's not going to be him. Yeah. Right. This is where the problem lies. Perfect way. I think it's it's a perfect way of defining um, that. But let's go and listen to our second interview of the afternoon. Um, <clears throat> one of our producers had the the opportunity to interview Lindsay West, who is a values coach and author of Coaching with Values. Let's go and listen to what Lindsay had to say. So for today's show, we have Lindsay West, who is a values coach and also she's on the team for the World's Values Day. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Hi, Sabiha. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank you for coming on to the show. So the first question is, what is a values coach and what do you help with? So, uh, yeah, I've, I've been working as a values coach for uh, quite a few years now, and I help people to understand what their core values are. So we do an exploration technique. So uh, looking at a number of values and helping people to understand which of those values are most important to them. Uh, then we yeah. prioritize them and then we score them to see how closely they're living their lives in line with those values. Right. Okay. And um, how do you how important do you think values are for everyday life? Because I think we really like underestimate how important they actually are. So what are your views on that? 
Yeah, so uh, for me, values are hugely important uh, to us uh, and, and having an understanding of those core values that I mentioned uh, is really useful for consciously aligning your life to those values. Mm. And you can use your values for making decisions. So you can use it for use your values for day to day decisions. Yeah. You can use them for, for very large decisions like which job you do or uh, who you want to marry or yeah. uh, all sorts of things. So you can you can really where you want to go on holiday you can use your values to help you make really good choices in life and to to plan things and uh you know use for goal setting uh, as well as taking action yeah so it's not just necessarily how you interact with one another it basically it's all it's all based on your whole life it is yes absolutely you can use your values as a kind of compass to to how you live your life if you like use them as a a guide yeah to keep you on track with what's important to you yeah so um as a values coach um do you think that people who come across as rude or who misbehave or you know act a certain way who we wouldn't want to interact with do you think that they are without values or what's your take on that Mm, that's a good question yeah so I like to separate out values and behaviors Um, and I believe that we all have good values Uh, our intentions are good Uh, but sometimes we can allow our behaviors to not be in alignment uh, with yeah. our with our values so I would say if someone is talking rudely they may well have a, a strong value of respect and they want people to be respectful to them but sometimes perhaps they forget that value in how they're treating others yeah. um, and that rudeness comes through as a it's a behavior it's not a value in itself so yeah. they're forgetting their their values there and uh, and allowing their behaviors to um really be completely misaligned to yeah. them to their values because I think yeah. especially when it's with children like the first thing is oh their parents didn't teach them good values or their parents do have good values but why is their child like this so that's the first thought that comes into everyone's mind like of course I've thought it you have probably thought it so that's the first mm. thing that comes into everyone's mind so I was just wondering how they differentiate differentiate as well yeah so so we we learn out we we kind of get our values at a very early age so our parents and our caregivers do definitely influence the values that we have but we get values from lots of different areas in our lives so socially the people that we interact with socially influence the values we choose um values come from our faith as well so many faiths uh, your your faith uh, and mine um are very very heavily influenced by um by our values so you know that that has a has an impact on on the things that we choose to to live our lives by um but also uh you know once once we become adults um it's fair to say that our our values become fairly set and those values Mm. stay important to us all through our lives so that's what I'm saying it's a really good idea to understand what our core values yeah. are because then we can use them as a guide um, through our lives um, so yeah it, people people take their values from from their parents and yeah. depending on the experience they have in life they may 
choose to adopt one of their parents values or to reject it depending on what that experience yeah. is like so if they have a bad experience of uh, of somebody um trying to enforce a value on them then they may not choose that value themselves yeah. they may choose a different value um so um you know our relate all our relationships impact on our values as we as we grow up and uh, yeah. become adults yeah yeah i think that's really interesting to you know take apart and see what the difference mm. is um when talking about values obviously like we just said we normally talk about how we treat others so but what um impact does values have on ourselves yeah that's a, it's a really good point so um i like to think of a, a values as a as a kind of triangle um so different there are three different aspects to values so at the base of that triangle is uh, uh how we honor those values to ourselves yeah. on one side it's how we honor that value to other people and on the third side it's how other people honor our values and all three sides of those uh, uh all three sides of that value need to be in place for that value to be completely honored in our lives so honoring our values to ourselves is hugely important yeah. um, and sometimes to, and lots of people that I coach and and work with um, are working in service industries so for example doctors um, I work with a lot of doctors and for them and teachers and lots of lots yeah. of other service industries and for them they have very strong values of service and um, of caring for others and for nurturing others and supporting others um, and sometimes they forget to use those values on themselves yeah. and they, you know, they, their self-care isn't very good and they're not looking after themselves. They get burnt out very quickly and they get very mm. stressed. So um, in my work with them as a coach, um, I really encourage them to look at honoring their values to themselves as yeah. well as to others, because there are a lot of uh, people in those industries, are, you know, really focus on giving that, that, that those but forget to look after themselves. Yeah. So I like I like to use the analogy of uh, you know if you're uh, on an aeroplane and with uh, on a on a say on a plane you they do a safety briefing and they talk about putting your own oxygen mask on before yeah. helping others. To yeah, do that. yeah, of course. Um, and that's what it's like in life. So you know you need to take care of your values yourself. So making oh. sure that you mm -hmm. look after yourself, you care for yourself, you respect yourself, you're honest with yourself yourself and that you love yourself and all of those things are uh, just as important to do for yourself first yeah. and then you'll be in a really good position to honor those values to other yeah. people yeah yeah uh, definitely give, give those things to others yeah yeah that's yeah. a good analogy there you know help yourself and then you can help others that yes. goes on to our next question as mm. you yourself your values coach so how do you do you find this help yourself to grow as a person as you go along knowing the significance of values yeah absolutely so uh i learned about the importance of values when i trained as a coach uh quite some some years ago now and I used values and my understanding of values. So, um, yeah, so I, I learned about the importance of values um, uh, when I first trained as a coach and I used values to help transform my own life. And yeah. um, I went through uh, quite a difficult period. I was made redundant and some other things mm. in my personal life were changing. And I used my understanding of my own values that I learned through my training 
to help me to rebuild my life and to use them, as I said, as a compass, you know, to guide yeah. me in making good decisions and good choices uh, in my in my life going forward, both with my work and and at home. Yeah. And so having had that experience and uh, felt that transition myself uh, using my values, um, I then went on to to build that focus in my work. So mm. um, having become, you know, uh, um, coached many, many hundreds of people over the years, yeah. it's allowed me to share that knowledge and understanding of values and bring that into my work and a part of um, the work I've developed has been specifically around values so that's that's why people call me the values Mm. coach because it's a it's a very large part of the work that I do and I and I help people explore values as one of the first sessions that I do in my coaching practice. Okay Um, what feedback do you receive from people so obviously you just mentioned how you've helped loads of people so when they give you feedback how Mm. how how do they find their lives have changed and how like by the way you've helped them yeah so um I mean I help people in lots of different ways so um I work with them sometimes it's on uh, relationship issues sometimes it's on building their confidence sometimes it's to do with their career and managing stress and uh improving communication and, and work relationships um and the, the feedback I get, uh, particularly with the, the values work that I do, uh, is that it's yeah. the, the, the most transformative work that they've ever experienced. It's often a light bulb moment. Mm. It's often a, a real sense of understanding themselves better than they have before because it gives them real clarity over what's important to them, and what truly matters in their lives. Because yeah. our values are our motivators. And I think some people, if they get stuck in life or uh, get stuck in, in the workplace and not really enjoying life, life or really understanding what's what's wrong having that understanding of those values really gives them clarity over what's important to them I think it's like sorry sorry Sorry. no I was gonna say I think it's like you said we all know we have those good values in them Mm. it's just about bringing them out like you say in tough times we forget our we we forget our good values and focus on the negative when should be the opposite exactly yes and and when you you've explored your core values and you know what they are you can consciously use them so a lot of people just rely subconsciously on the things that they think are important to them but if you do it consciously then you know you're on track and you know that making the decision is going to be a good one for you and the closer we live our lives in line with our values the happier and more fulfilled we'll Mm. feel and the further we're living our our lives from our values the worse we'll feel so uh, it's great to really consciously use them as a guide to to, to the way we live our lives yeah yeah um lastly how can people find more about you and the programs that you offer yeah uh, so um i have a website so www.valuescoach.co.uk uh, and people can have a look at the the things i do on there and they can get in touch with me through that website uh, or my email address is lindsay at valuescoach.co.uk. Um, and I'd also encourage people to have a look at the World Values Day website as well. That's yeah. worldvaluesday.com. If uh, anybody's enjoyed this session and they want to uh, promote it, then please do uh, use the hashtag uh, World Values Day 2022, which is the one we're using to, to promote yeah. the day today. So, oh, um Thank you so much, Lindsay, for your time. I really appreciate it. It was really nice talking to you. My pleasure. It's been lovely talking to you too. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Lindsay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And there we had Lindsay West, the values coach and author 
of coaching with values. We had uh, we, we'd been covering uh, before the interview. We'd spoken about the personal um, benefit um, of of value. So let's quickly go through the organisational and the societal um, 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 benefits before we go on to before I can go to brother um, brother Saman and he can kind of educate me on the Islamic perspective on it. Um, from an organisational perspective, encouragement of appropriate and con consistent behaviours in support of the organisation's purpose. Um, values, um, the benefit would be um, uh, desirable, recognisable and predictable culture, sense of authenticity, identity that enables customer choice. Um, from a societal perspective, a framework for members' behaviours and interactions, happier communities in which people relate better to each other and focus more on the common, a happier and more sustainable society with greater understanding, choice, consistency, openness and collaboration, enhanced emotional spiritual and physical health and well-being, um, a better alignment between interests of his members and his government, an improved balance between the need to serve oneself and others in society. Um, before I go to Brother Saman, we were asking a question on Instagram on what good values are most important to you. And some responses have been uh, that uh, compassion is important for uh, Amtul Khan, um, this kindness is important, empathy and, and respect. Um, Brother Saman, um, kindness, empathy, compassion, again, all, all, all teachings of Islam. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I know we look at it from a, from a even, you know, I, I sometimes wonder, people talk about self-development. Mm -hmm. But everything they talk about is already present in, in, in religious teachings. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just copying. <laughs> I mean... You see, why, why, where do you think all these ideas came from? When we, t so, 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 there was a man or a woman thousands of years ago, and do you think they randomly started thinking of kindness and of compassion and of love, right? Hmm. Hazrat Muslim or the second caliph of the community talks about revelation, and he explained that even you see the the biggest of innovations are essentially a revelation sent by God. He also explains poetry, for example. He says that when a poet writes a couplet, it is not of his own thought. Because um, I can tell you from experience that, you know, where, where you, you could be driving on a road, you could be walking down the street, you could be in the shop, you could be at an event, and randomly a couplet comes to your mind and mm. you want to write it down straight away. So these are things that come from God. Similarly, with these teachings, with these values that we are talking about here today, everything was taught from Allah the Almighty, from God, at different occasions, through different people, through prophets and pious people of God, but they were essentially coming from God. So when we talk about World Values Day, we talk about what God has taught us at the end of the day, hmm. right? In chapter 33 of the Holy Quran, it says, Surely men who submit themselves to God, and women who submit themselves to him, and believing men and believing women, and obedient men and obedient women, and truthful men and truthful women, and men steadfast in their faith, and uh, steadfast women, and men who are humble, and women who are humble, and men who give alms, and women who give alms, and men who fast, and women who fast, and men who guard their chastity, and women who guard their chastity, and men who remember Allah much, and women who remember him. Allah has prepared for all of them forgiveness 
and a great reward. This is your summary of World Values Days, basically. You follow this, you follow the teaching of God, and essentially righteousness that we talked about in, in the beginning, right? Definitely. Um, on uh, September 8, 2019, the fourth caliph of uh, the Ahmadi Muslim community, uh, sorry, the fifth caliph of the uh, Ahmadi Muslim community and the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, the head of the worldwide Ahmadi Muslim community, at his concluding session of 2019 annual gathering um, of the Ahmadi Muslim Youth Association, um, he said, in today's world, the tragic reality is that the vast majority of people across society have forgotten their creator and have little or no idea how disastrous the consequences will prove to be if they fail to repent and reform. Therefore, every attendant should take on the responsibility, every youth must take on the responsibility of striving to save their nations from the punishment and the anger of, old God, of, of Allah Almighty, which they are currently racing towards at a great speed. It is up to you to guide the people of your nation and to bring them back towards God Almighty. For this purpose, you must personally develop the highest standards of spirituality and morality. You must set an example of truthfulness and integrity and practice what you preach. Today's show has been produced by Sabiha Tariq and Amtul Noor Tayyiba. Thank you to all of our guests for taking time out and coming and sharing with us uh, um, their insights into the topics which were values and uh, microplastics. Thank you to you for listening. Please forgive any shortcomings on our part. Please remember us in your prayers. Until next time, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.